And this is part of the reason why I will soon be visiting Beijing together with President Macron. Managing this relationship. Hello again and welcome to Perspectives with Nilo. If this is your first time checking out our podcast, you might also enjoy some of our past episodes, which are all listed on our blog site at pwnilo.com. With the backdrop of a rapidly deteriorating relationship between China and the West and concern about the deepening relationship between China and Russia, French President Emmanuel Macron and EU President Ursula von der Leyen both visited Beijing on the week of April 3rd. While Macron's visit was treated very much as a high-level official state visit by the Chinese government, President von der Leyen's visit was much more low-key. In our previous podcast, The Beijing Straddle, with Alex Davy of Merix, we had discussed France's position on strategic autonomy and how China had called on the EU to support it. Following Macron's visit to China, he has reiterated this position stating explicitly that Europe must reduce its dependency on the United States and avoid getting dragged into a confrontation between China and the US over Taiwan. This has resulted in a lot of criticism, which we'll get into later. But first, let's take a look at the run-up to the visit. Foreign leaders have been visiting China recently to take advantage of reopening after the end of zero COVID. President Macron of France invited EU President Ursula von der Leyen to join him in Beijing to celebrate European unity. They met for a preparatory lunch in Paris and everything was set up for the trip. On March 30th, President von der Leyen gave a speech on EU-China relations to the Mercator Institute for China Studies, or MERICS, and the European Policy Centre. Here are some of the key points from the speech. Our relationship with China is one of the most intricate and important anywhere in the world. And how we manage it will be a determining factor, a factor for our future economic prosperity and national security. It is clear that our relations have become more distant and more difficult in the last few years. We've seen a very deliberate hardening of China's overall strategic posture for some time, and it has now been matched by a ratcheting up of increasingly assertive actions. There was a stark reminder of that last week, of that last week in Moscow during President Xi's state visit. Far from being put off by the atrocious and illegal invasion of Ukraine. President Xi is maintaining his no-limits friendship with Putin. As a permanent member of the Security Council, China has a responsibility to safeguard the principles and values that lie at the heart of the UN Charter. And China has a responsibility to play a constructive role in advance, advancing a just peace. But that peace can only be just if it is based on upholding the sovereignty and the territorial integrity of Ukraine. Ukraine will define the terms of a just peace that requires the withdrawal of invading troops. Any peace plan which would, in effect, consolidate 
Russian annexations is simply not a viable plan. We have to be frank on this point. How China continues to interact with Putin's war will be a determining factor for EU-China relations going forward. And of course, China itself has also taken a more assertive stance in its own neighborhood. The show of military force in the South China Sea and East China Sea and at the border with India directly affect our partners and their legitimate interests. We also underscore the importance of peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait. Any weakening of regional stability in Asia, the fastest growing region in the world, affects global security, the free flow of trade, and our own interests in the region. The grave human rights violations occurring in Xinjiang are also a cause of great concern, as laid out in the recent report of the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights. How China meets international obligation regarding human rights will be another test for how and how much we can cooperate with China. Just as China has been ramping up its military posture, it has also ramped up its policies of disinformation and economic and trade coercion. This is a deliberate policy targeting other countries to ensure they comply and conform. We saw it when China responded to the opening of a Taiwan office in Vilnius by taking retaliatory measures against Lithuania and other European companies. Ladies and gentlemen, these escalatory actions point to a China that is becoming more repressive at home and more assertive abroad. And we can expect to see a clear path and push to make China less dependent on the world and the world more dependent on China. Or as Pradeen Xi put it bluntly a few years ago, and I quote, China must tighten international production chain's dependence on China to form a powerful countermeasure and deterrent capability. End of quote. I believe it is neither viable nor in Europe's interest to decouple from China. Our re relations are not black or white and our response cannot be either. And this is why we need to focus on de-risk, not decouple. And this is part of the reason why I will soon be visiting Beijing together with President Macron. Managing this relationship and having an open and frank exchange with our Chinese counterparts is a key part of what I would call the de-risking through diplomacy of our relations with China. Some excerpts from President Ursula von der Leyen's speech on EU-China relations from March 30th last. 
and there's a link to the full 35-minute speech in our blog. Her speech on China was described as notably hawkish, and personally, as someone who follows China and Taiwan current affairs, I have to say it's not often that you hear European politicians being so direct and so frank on China. Many media analysts agreed. Thorsten Benner, with the Global Public Policy Institute in Berlin, writing in Foreign Policy magazine, said that no other European leader had ever presented such an accurate dissection of Xi's agenda. In addition, he noted how inviting Berlin-based Merics, Europe's leading think tank on China, that had been put under sanctions by the Chinese party state in 2021, sent a clear message to Beijing. The Chinese response to President von der Leyen's speech was swift. Chinese ambassador to the EU, Fu Kong, interviewed on Chinese state media, said that he was a little bit disappointed by what he called that statement. He went on to explain that the speech contained a lot of misrepresentation and misinterpretation of Chinese policies and positions, and that whoever wrote that speech for President von der Leyen does not really understand China or deliberately distorted Chinese positions. He also said that this speech actually reflects a deep-seated ambivalence on the part of President von der Leyen in her approach to China. On the one side, she realizes that it is important for Europe and it is in the interests of Europe to engage with China. At the same time, she is also fearful of criticism, especially from the hardliners in Europe and maybe even from the United States. He said that made the speech quite lacking in terms of coherence. If you read the speech, he said, you have the impression as if two people are quarreling with each other. That's according to Chinese ambassador to the EU, Fu Kong. Macron's visit to Beijing began on April 5th, and he travelled to China by Cotam Unité, France's Air Force One, and was given the full official state visit treatment. He took a large group of artists and filmmakers, as well as a 50-strong business delegation, including a member of the board of directors of Huawei France, officials from Airbus, as well as energy provider EDF, with him, and apparently closed some large deals. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen travelled to Beijing by commercial flight and joined Macron for part of his three-day visit. However, any sense of unity between the two leaders was undercut by arrangements that flattered the French leader with a banquet, military parade and other trappings of a state visit, while von der Leyen was excluded from several of the lavish events. John Delury, a China expert with Yonsei University in Seoul, quoted in the Financial Times, said the visit reflected two ends of the European spectrum in terms of how to message towards China. Xi's strategy is Macron is coming with his hands outstretched, so they're embracing him. Von der Leyen is articulating the harder European position and they're trying to put her out at the margins, he said. In a press conference with Macron and Xi Jinping, described as a press conference with Chinese characteristics in that no questions were allowed, Macron told Xi that, I know I can count on you to bring Russia to its senses and bring everyone to the negotiating table. However, according to the Financial Times, Xi did not change his language on the conflict, nor suggest he would use his influence over Putin, and stop short of committing to speaking to Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky. In a trilateral meeting with Macron, von der Leyen and Xi Jinping on the Thursday in Beijing, President von der Leyen stated that stability in the Taiwan Strait is of paramount importance and that the threat of the use of force to change the status quo is unacceptable. Xi responded by saying, 
anyone who thought they could influence Beijing on Taiwan was deluded. After this meeting, President von der Leyen held her own solo press conference in which she took questions from reporters and sent several pointed messages to Beijing. She warned China against aiding Moscow's war effort in Ukraine, saying that arming the aggressor is a clear violation of international law. He should never be armed, she said. This would indeed significantly harm the relationship between the European Union and China. And she also reiterated her position on Taiwan, saying that nobody should unilaterally change the status quo by force in this region. On the third day of Macron's state visit to China, he met with Xi Jinping in the southern Chinese city of Guangzhou, where he spent over three hours in one-on-one talks about Ukraine, Taiwan and relations with the US before departing back to France. And it was aboard the flight home where Macron dropped some of his more controversial statements of the visit. Macron's comments were very much about reinforcing his idea of EU strategic autonomy, which of course the Chinese love, as it also means curtailing ties with the US. In an interview with Politico and Les Echo, he was quoted as saying, The great risk Europe faces is that it gets caught up in crises that are not ours, which prevents it from building its strategic autonomy. The paradox would be that, overcome with panic, we believe we are just America's followers. And he went on, the question Europeans need to answer, is it in our interest to accelerate a crisis on Taiwan? No, he said, the worst thing would be to think that we Europeans must become followers on this topic and take our cue from the US agenda and a Chinese overreaction. It's interesting to note that as Macron's plane was in the air, making its way back to France, the CCP launched three days of aggressive military drills encircling Taiwan in retaliation for Taiwan's president Tsai Ing-wen's stopover meeting with Speaker Kevin McCarthy in California. All in all, the combined set of events and statements looks very much like a big win for Xi Jinping. After all, she didn't give any concessions on Russia, yet he succeeded in convincing Macron to push forward on strategic autonomy, that is, in his view, reducing ties with the US. Moreover, Macron's statements on Taiwan weakened the EU position on maintaining peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait, making the CCP feel even more emboldened in their latest military drills around Taiwan. With the exception of Chinese state media, who seem to be delighted with Macron's comments, a firestorm of criticism swiftly followed from politicians and public figures on both sides of the Atlantic. Ivo Dalder, former US ambassador to NATO, tweeted, Macron doesn't want Europe to get caught up in a crisis that are not ours, like Taiwan, but he is perfectly fine with relying on US security commitments to address crises like Ukraine in Europe. That's not strategic autonomy, that's strategic nonsense. And Ian Williams, writing in The Spectator, in an article entitled Macron has made a fool of himself in China, concluded that Macron's visit to China was a performance aimed to bolster his credentials as an international statesman at a time of troubles at home. And IPAC, the Interparliamentary Alliance on China, said that Macron's words undermine the decades-long commitment of the international community to maintaining peace across the Taiwan Strait, and that his comments are severely out of step with the feeling across Europe's legislators and beyond. However, according to Torsten Benner, writing in Foreign Policy magazine, it was in Taiwan policy where Macron chose to cause the most damage. He wrote... 
The will of the majority of the Taiwanese people expressed in democratic elections not be ruled by Beijing does not feature in his thinking. Despite Xi having made clear his determination to control Taiwan with ever more aggressive acts, Macron seemed to make the United States solely responsible for the ratcheting up of tensions in the Taiwan Strait. Macron seems to foolishly presume that Europe can insulate itself from a war between China, Taiwan and the United States and therefore does not need to even try to deter Beijing from using force. But a Europe that cannot even deal with a much smaller war without US help on its doorstep has no way of escaping the much larger consequences of a US-China war. He undermines French credibility by going against the key G7 statements on Taiwan that France signed. And Thorsten Benner continues, Perhaps most disconcerting is that Macron seems to lack any positive definition of the French national interest and strategic objectives on stability in the Taiwan Strait beyond not simply following the United States. His much-trumpeted approach of France as puissance d'équilibre or balancing power seems to be one of exclusively balancing against the United States. The irony is that Macron is right that Europe needs to chart its own course on China based on its own interests and invest in its own capabilities to achieve what he calls European sovereignty, but by presenting his approach as a purely anti-US agenda, he discredited the European sovereignty approach even further in the eyes of many, especially in Central and Eastern Europe, who were already sceptical before. A divided Europe only benefits Europe's enemies. Building a coherent EU-China policy on de-risking got much harder after Macron's dismal China trip. So, after all this critical feedback, you may wonder, was there any attempt by Macron to walk back any of his statements? At the time of recording this podcast, many outlets were reporting on Macron's comments from a news conference given during a state visit to the Netherlands. Macron said that nothing had changed in France's support for the status quo in Taiwan and that Paris supports the one-China policy and the search for a peaceful resolution to the situation. Focus now turns to the German Foreign Minister Annalia Baerbock, who began a visit to China on Thursday, April 13th. As a result of Macron's comments, the stakes of her trip have risen, with many EU members hoping Berlin will use this opportunity to set out a clear and united EU line on China. Even without Macron's remarks, the trip would have been delicate for Minister Baerbock, who is believed to be rather hawkish on China and currently working on a China policy aimed at reducing Germany's economic dependence on Beijing. Speaking ahead of her visit, Baerbock said the top of her agenda would be reminding China of its responsibility to influence Russia to end its invasion of Ukraine and underlining a common European conviction that a unilateral change in the status quo in the Taiwan Strait would be unacceptable. Let's hope she does a better job than President Emmanuel Macron. Well, that's about it on this episode of Perspectives with Nilo. There are many angles and layers to this topic, much more that we can touch on here. So if you'd like to dive deeper, we've included a list of references and links on our blog site at pwnilo.com. Perspectives with Nilo is also available on Spotify, SoundCloud and all the usual podcast outlets. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And we leave you this time with some apposite words from President Ursula von der Leyen. But if we are to manage this relationship, prepare for the future. We must do it together. At this defining moment in global affairs, we need the collective will 
to respond together. A strong European-China policy relies on strong coordination between member states and EU institutions, and a willingness to avoid the divide-and-conquer tactics that we know we may face. <laughs>